Welcome to the Athlon Sports Cover 2 podcast here on AthlonSports.com. A little something different today here on the program. Going to have an in-depth analysis into one subject uh, about college football, and that is the future of college football, the challenges that face college football. And I'm doing this by myself without my co-host, Mitch Light. Of course, follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall by magazines, AthlonSports.com slash store. I'm doing this without Mitch Light because I'm in a hotel room in Atlanta at SEC Media Days. But I did not want to cover SEC Media Days the way everyone else covers SEC Media Days. We, of course, are a national college football podcast. You will hear from plenty of SEC coaches and, in fact, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner on this podcast, as it pertains to the one big issue we were addressing or that I wanted to address on this. I want to do a deeper dive. Um, and so you're going to hear from a lot of national writers, friends of the pod. You're going to hear from Tony Barnhart, Adam Zucker from CBS Sports, Stuart Mandel from The Athletic, Barrett Salee, Paul Meyerberg, George Schroeder, Chris Childers, good friend of the pod, of course. Dennis Dodd had some choice words to say. You're going to hear from some former players, some former coaches. You're going to hear from, hear from some current coaches in the SEC, and as I said, as well as Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner. So here's the question. The question is, what is the biggest challenge facing college football moving forward, big picture, 10, 15, 20 years out? And there are a host of different responses to this question, but I asked basically 20 people-ish about this exact question, experts in the field, what they think, but certain pl- certainly players, coaches, administrators, as well as media members all have very different opinions and takes on the entire thing. So what's interesting is the responses I got. They sort of fall into a couple of buckets and a couple of categories. I'll get into my thoughts on those categories a little bit later on, but I want you to hear from all of them. So it's going to move pretty fast. You're going to hear from, again, uh, uh, Cole Kubelik. You're going to hear from Aaron Murray, former Aaron, uh, Georgia Bulldog quarterback, Chris Doring, Gene Chizik, former Auburn coach. You're going to hear from all those guys first. Then you're going to hear from a bunch of media people, each one of them answering the exact same question. Then we're going to take a break, come back, and look at some of the, the, the current coaches, what their answers are, are, and as well as Greg Sankey. Then I'll give you my final thoughts on everything. Um, so without further ado, let's get started. We're right here with you guys. Uh, and this is, again, you're going to hear about a minute, a minute and a half from every one of these guys. Um, a lot of different answers. They fall into a couple of different buckets, but I want you guys to hear it all for yourself. So uh, here is the question that I pose to all of these uh, experts and smart college football people. And that is, what is the biggest challenge facing our sport, college football, big picture, over the next 10, 15, 20 years? Here's what they all had to say. Cole Kubelik joining us here, WJOX in Birmingham, 10 to 2 Central Time, as well as SEC Network. In my opinion, it's distribution of funds. And we can talk about concussions. We, we can talk about the safety of the game, a couple of different things. I believe the technology is headed in the right direction when it comes to that. I, I think the fact that it's now, the emphasis has been placed on it. I've talked to different equipment managers about some of the things that are coming, studies that are being done. We understand the problems that have been happening, and we're looking at different ways to attack that and make it better. But the distribution of funds, to me, is something that kind of seemingly doesn't go away. And the discussion around it continues to become more nerve-wracking for me. Because I think when you begin to open the doors of be it sponsorship or just flat out paying players, you open the doors to make college football much uglier than it has been in the last 10, 15 years. And you look at what college basketball is going through. I think you look at some similar circumstances there. And when those things begin to happen, I think the game totally changes. I think it changes from a representation standpoint. I think it changes from a an emotional standpoint as to why guys are even playing the game and how emotionally or physically invested they are in being a part of their certain programs. Why are they playing college football, essentially? So I think that could 
really changed the face of the sport. And college football has become the second most popular sport in this country. That, to me, is an obstacle that could really derail that moving forward. Aaron Murray joining us here, of course, of Sirius XM SEC Radio. I think the health of players. I mean, as a former player, just going back to my time and all the injuries, whether it was minor concussions, torn ligaments, broken bones, I look at it as when I have kids one day, hopefully, do I want my kids playing this game of football? And I know a bunch of mothers don't mind. I had to beg my mom for eight years to let me play football before she let me finally play. So I think it's only getting scarier and scarier, and you're seeing all these other sports. Soccer is becoming really big. Lacrosse in the southeast is becoming big. All these other sports that are promoting, hey, we're safer. We're having less injuries, less injuries to the head, less injuries to ligaments and bones. So why not come try our sport out? So I think you need to continue having better coaching at a, at a young age where these guys, these coaches have to go through some kind of clinic or something to be able to become experts of technique, of tackling, of running, of blocking, of all that stuff so that you're teaching these kids at a young age. So you're not going to clear all that stuff out. I mean, it's a fast game. It's a physical game. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be concussions. But you can make it safer. You can make it a little bit better. So I think they're definitely taking strides uh, with equipment, with teaching these kids. But it's still a violent game. And like I said, it's going to be tough for me to let my son play at a young age where you have all these other options of sports that they can be a part of where I'm not worried is my kid going to get knocked out of this game. Joining us now, Chris Doring from Sirius XM SEC Radio Channel 374, as well as the SEC Network. Well, I, I think you could talk about football in general having to struggle through this this concussion stuff and CTE and disinterest in playing and, and parents not allowing their, their kids to play at a young age. But more specifically to college football, I think it's the issue with attendance. I mean, I think attendance continues to decline year over year. These big stadiums have been built that they're not able to fill anymore. And I think the longer-term impact of that is the fact that these kids that you know are, are in school right now are going to be the boosters of the next generation. And so as they're not really interested in football, college football, the way that, that we were and the way that the, the, the generations before us were is that um, you know, it, it's gonna, they're going to struggle to continue to fill those stadiums. They're going to struggle to fund their athletic departments, which ultimately are going to affect the coaches' salaries. So you know, I think finding ways to reach out to the current students and, and get them involved and have them embrace college football the way that, that we always have before is really the struggle that these athletic departments face at, at this day, point in, in time. Former Auburn head football coach and SEC Network analyst Gene Chizik here. Well, I would probably say recruiting is probably a, a big thing challenge-wise. And, uh, you know, it's become so competitive. And just, you know, the recruiting rules, you know, now in terms of when you can bring in official visits and, you know, how the calendar's changed and, you know, how does that affect, you know, how different guys, you know, recruit strategy-wise. You know, it's affected the camps now and when camps are. And there's a lot of recruiting changes. You know, now you've opened guys up to texting and things of that nature that year-round are occupying. You know, we've been on this cycle that's gone over and over. We've gone back and forth and now we're back to you know basically opening the doors for you know letting everybody recruit year round uh, I think that's a challenge and you know I think that um, obviously recruiting is the lifeblood of everybody um, but we're going to see how this unfolds where the recruiting calendar and things of that nature have changed pretty significantly in the last year Mr. College Football, Tony Barnhart. We have got, actually there are two. Uh, The the biggest one is always, to me, is going to be the health of the players and finding a way to manage the concussion issue to make the game as safe as we can possibly make it. Every kind of rule change we can do 
to make the game safer, we have to do. The other thing is figuring out how to channel more resources into the pockets of all the student uh, athletes. Uh, college football has undergone an incredible explosion in terms of the revenue that's generated, and smart people need to continue to find ways to get resources to them. They're, they're not, they're not going to pay players. They're not going to get a paycheck. It's not going to happen. But the full cost of attendance stipend, there's a lot of different ways to get resources to players, and we still got to gotta keep working on that. Adam Zucker here from CBS Sports. People's attention spans have changed a lot. I know a lot of people who can't watch a full tennis match, can't watch, you know, they still can't watch soccer unless it's the World Cup. I guess we just had that, and I was I was glued to that. Um, but I think football games are still, I mean, the ones we show, they're, they're super intense. People are watching those. Um, the sport itself... You know, a lot of people would talk about the concussion aspect, and I feel like the conversation, perhaps unfairly, I mean, very unfairly, toward players who are kind of pigeonholed into being football players. I mean, granted, they choose it at an early time in their life, but it's quickly gone from a lack of knowledge, a lack of research, uh, a lack of caution, to, well, you should know better. But until we see widespread cases of, of programs at the high school level folding. I mean, there are some. Look, where I'm at in northern Jersey, you're seeing the numbers going down. But it looks extremely healthy in, in other parts of the country, especially the southeastern part. Uh, I'd say west coast, you've seen some numbers. The numbers take a hit. Um, you know, there's still, there's still the spreading inequality. Top, top, top teams and, and how many programs are really national title contenders. I think that's where I think there's, there's some risk there. I think there'll be enough change as time goes on. But when you have, like in the NBA, you know, how many teams really had a shot at winning the title, especially when you play best of seven from, from the West and the East versus college football, you know, we're probably talking about seven or eight, right? And, and, you're, and, you're, and you're even still, some of those are getting in because they're not facing the other ones. Uh, so we don't want to, we don't want to, we don't want Ninety percent of the country losing interest, or ninety percent of fan bases losing interest, either. But I don't, I don't feel like it's happening yet. Stuart Mandel here from the Athletic. I think it's the continuing issue of declining attendance. College football is a sport that is built on the tradition of Saturdays and gathering with your fellow classmates or alums and tailgating. And we're seeing the numbers continue to decline every year. We're seeing people complain about you know the stadium experience. It's just so much. Um, more user-friendly to stay home and watch it on your big ultra HD TV. Um, but going to the games in person is how people become lifelong fans of their team. You know, that's how you form your bond. And so I know that administrators and athletic directors, this is a huge headache for them. Um, these are the people who are going to be donating to your school for years and years to come. And if they're not even going to the games as students, uh, what are the chances you're going to retain them at, you know, and have them become donors and season ticket holders? So I'll be interested to see if there's any way to reverse that trend over the next few years. Baird Salee joining us here, of course, from CBS Sports as well as Sirius XM, ESPNU Radio. Figuring out how to compensate players because it's big business now. Everybody knows it. The TV contracts reflect it. And the players, even though they are compensated in a bunch of different ways, uh, are not compensated based on what their fair market value is. So uh, 
college athletics has transformed from fully amateur to big business for specific sports, for specific people within those specific sports. And there's no way under the current structure with the current rules to make both of those things marry together with student athletes. So figuring out how to make that work, the NCAA altering their rules, the players figuring out how to accept what the NCAA brings forth without maybe suing or whatever, I think that's the biggest challenge. It's going to take a while to do it. There's no good way to do it. It's going to be messy, and uh, it'll probably take a long time. Paul Myberg joining us here, of course, from the USA Today. I think obviously there's a, a case to be made to a degree about the amateur model and about the reimbursement of players and the financial side of it. But clearly, to me, the future of this game on all levels is predicated on how we're able to protect our players. You know, And I think you look now at, on every age level, there is a rising awareness of youth football through peewee, through high school, about how we can protect against neck injuries, against long-term head injuries. But we haven't solved... Uh, CT issues, concussion issues, uh, player deaths in workout situations. Guys in on a at a training facility or in May, as as you know, in the case of the former Maryland player, um, this is an issue that goes far beyond college football. I think it's an NFL issue. It's a football issue, and to save this game or to preserve it in the future doesn't mean that you would lose what makes it great and the aspect of the competition and the physicality. But it does have to be tweak and alter to the point where you can ensure that no one's going to die on the field because I think that folks like you and I go to a game and I'd be lying if I said that I don't believe that at some point in our professional lifetime we're going to be at a game and a player will die on the field and we'll be sitting there covering a football game, a game, a sport, a game, let alone these kids are playing for free and someone's going to die on the football field. can't stomach it. And I don't think football will survive if that happens, certainly in its current form. So to be ahead of the curve on that, to ensure that football remains a game that we love and that we grew up with, but adapts to the time and gets out of the antiquated notion of where we kind of are now or where we've been, I think that's by far and away the most crucial factor to ensure its survival. George Schroeder here with USA Today. I guess that depends. I think off the field, it's the same as any other sport. It's how do you get fans to continue going to games when the experience at home is so much better than it used to be. I mean, you can sit at home in your man cave with your 80,000-inch TV and have a better experience than you have at a, on a 45-yard line, seat, 20 rows up. And by the way, you've got Wi-Fi that works and all sorts of things. And so I think it's a, it's a challenge that they have to create an experience. Um, in terms of the game itself, I think the, uh, the head injury stuff is going to filter down further into college football than it has. It's kind of been largely contained at the NFL level, but we're going to see it become a problem at the college level, I think, uh, on a variety of levels, and also, are people going to be playing it as youth, which sort of, you know, that's that's where you get your players in college. Chris Childers here, of course, from Full Ride on Sirius XM ESPNU Radio, as well as SEC Sirius XM Radio. I, I think it's a common answer, but it's CTE and concussions, and all of the research that's been done, all the information that's out there. You know, I know so many parents that have young kids that are that are boys that just won't let their sons play football anymore. And 10, 15 years ago, I remember my mom and dad like calling up the youth league saying like, is he old enough? Is he old enough? I mean, it was like this energy, this enthusiasm to play youth football when you and I were kids. These days, it's not happening. Kids are playing baseball. They're getting into other things. They're joining the choir and the band and all that kind of stuff and trying to avoid those long-term head injuries. So I think the biggest thing is, without a doubt, is finding ways, continuing 
continually, and I know this is a constant priority for football, if we're going to keep this game alive and well, is to continue to find ways to make the game safer to a point where parents at the youth level are going to be comfortable again signing their kids up for youth football. That, to me, is the biggest thing right now, the biggest challenge facing football. Dennis Dow joining us here, of course, from CBS Sports. Well, I thought it was uh, head trauma, uh, and I still think that to a point because I think once there is a accepted diagnosis for CTE, uh, you know, do you want to know that? Do you want to let your kid play? Does that detract from the participation of the sport? Um, but now that we have the 22nd player since the year 2000 to die uh, from playing, not really football, but playing in t-shirt and shorts. I'm talking about Jordan McNair in Maryland. I think they got to get past that. You, you don't see any death, death tolls for, uh, for college basketball. And it's, it's getting worse. Uh, kids shouldn't be dying of heat stroke uh, when there's nothing at stake. Uh, they shouldn't be dying anyway, we know that. But I, I think, you know, I really think those are the two biggest things because this sport could get sued back to the Stone Age if, if the NCAA and the schools don't get their arms around it. So there's a bunch of answers to a very complicated and, and obviously very difficult question. And I thought Dennis Dodd at the end there, you know, they're gonna, the, the college football will be sued back to the dark ages, I think is a pretty remarkable uh, 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 kind of an answer to the question. Now, what I find interesting is that you can sort of break these up into different categories. And I'll go deeper into my thoughts on all these after you have a chance to hear from Commissioner Greg Sankey of the SEC, as well as a couple of different actual coaches currently in the SEC. You're going to hear from Coach O, Jimbo Fisher, Mark Stoops, and Dan Mullen. Uh, I had a chance to ask each one of them this question as well. And I think you could probably, the, the biggest bucket there, as you heard, player safety. What is the future of the sport from a talent pool standpoint, player safety standpoint? That's obviously top of mind for everybody. You're going to hear that from the coaches as well. Uh, and I would ca- categorize the second bucket as sort of attendance slash interest slash technology you sort of how do we consume college football Uh, and you can hear a lot of different answers there how do we keep people engaged going to games are people going to be watching games in very different ways with the way they're adapting and changing their use of technology i think that's clearly an issue on the forefront of everybody's mind that's that's running college football right now and those of us who cover it are covering it in very different ways Uh, and then i think financials are is probably the third big bucket there Uh, i know coach gene chizik mentioned recruiting um that's certainly one perspective but i think the three main ones are player safety interest slash attendance and financial ramifications which could mean a bunch of different things are we paying players um, what about the difference between group of five revenue and power five revenue? Um, and then if we continue to grow and get bigger, how does that money then trickle down into players and or lower levels? So those are sort of the three big buckets. And, and we'll react a little bit more to this. I'll react a little bit more to this uh, at the end of all of this. But I wanted you to hear from a couple of more people before we get a little deeper into this. And that is first up, commissioner currently of the SEC. And he's going to have a lot of different answers for you guys. This was Greg Sankey's answer to the question, what is the biggest challenge facing college football currently. I appreciate the way you asked that question. I'm often asked, what's the most important issue you're dealing with? And there are a host of most important issues. It's not as if I have the ability to say, well, we're only going to tackle this important issue. In the middle of all of those is the health of the game of college football. And by health of the game, there are aspects or spokes to that wheel. So the the fan engagement, the attendance, which has been strong for the Southeastern Conference, we want it to remain that way. Our our media agreements and the changes, really an evolution happening 
in, in the media industry, uh, the, the emergence of new providers. So you, you don't have to have a, a cable bill. You can go to, to Sling TV, DirecTV Now, YouTube TV, whatever. How does that manifest itself over the next five years? And I don't, look, I don't think we can look out 10 and 20 years. I think we can look out two and three and think about five because it's difficult to see that horizon. Uh, we have made adjustments to the game around health and safety. It is a physical game. It is a game that involves collisions, and people want to participate. And how do we make those participatory experiences as safe as possible? What, what you've seen on our campuses, beyond just a move to cost of attendance, is incredible support provided for young people, nutritional support. Young people who come in at 18 years old and have no idea how to eat and prepare their bodies both to learn and to compete. Uh, sports medicine care. We have some of the world's leaders from an orthopedic neurology standpoint. You know, the NFL's chief medical officer is affiliated with Vanderbilt Medical Center and, and a Mississippi State grad. So we, we have resources like that all around. Um, learning and research that's taking place in our medical schools about injury and, and head trauma recovery. Or engineering schools that are looking at developing new technology around the game. Something as simple as that pop-up tent that appeared on Alabama's sideline to provide quick diagnosis. So all of those are about the, the overall health of the game. You get into pace of play issues. Um, you know, what do you do in stadiums when you're remodeling, redesigning, making it more fan-friendly because we understand our competition isn't another football stadium. It becomes home. And I think the neat thing about college football that we want to make special is it's more than just about attending a game. You're going back to a place that you love, literally love a place where you went to college or it's been an aspirational hope. You've wanted to be a part of that that college culture. And we need to make sure that those parts are special. So that's a lot. But it's about keeping uh, college football strong as a, a game and an entity. That was commissioner from the SEC, Greg Sankey. And, and as you can tell, he has a lot on his plate and is considering a lot of things and sort of answered the question with every single possible problem and challenge that the SEC and or college football is facing big picture. But again, he sort of still settles on the player safety thing and talks a lot more about technology advancements there than, they, than anything in the game, although he did address that to some degree as well. But as you'd expect, Craig Sankey, covering all of his bases. Now, I want you to hear some, from some college football coaches. You're going to hear from Dan Mullen, who's got a very long answer to this question. Lots of introspection there from him. Very interesting guy. You're going to hear from Mark Stoops and Jimbo Fisher, who both sort of tow the company line a little bit, diplomatic answers. And then you're going to hear from Coach O. No one can say it and do it quite like Coach O. And he does a complete 180 um, so you're going to hear from those four guys here next, then we'll come back and react afterward. Here are a couple of coaches' commentary on what the biggest challenge they view from a coach's perspective is facing college football, big picture, long-term, moving forward. I think perceptionally, the way people try to approach it, you know what I'm saying, and say the dangers of it and things like that, I really do. I mean, I, I think other than that, it's still America's sport. I mean, it, it's, it's our passion. I mean, America's sport, you know, they used to say, it's our passion, excuse me. America's sport is football, and it's passionate about it. They love it. But I think we have to be careful of the long-term effects of it and how we coach it and the way we teach it and the things that go on. And you've got to change it enough to be safe, but you can't change it to where you lose the physicality of it because that's what makes it football. And I, I think us being smart in how we teach and go about the rule changes and the things that go on, I think, that's, that, I think that, that's what I see as the biggest challenge. Coach Mark Stoops joining us here. Uh, Coach, what is the kind of a big picture question here about mm -hmm. our sport? What, what is the biggest challenge facing our game, college football, 
you know, overall, just the, the negative publicity you're getting with the, you know, the concussions and the injuries and the head injuries. But I think we've made great steps to improve that, and, and rightfully so. And we'll continue uh, to educate youth, to, to teach them to do the right things, to keep that interest in football. But in my opinion, that's not going away. That's not going anywhere. You know, and uh, uh, these players are going to play, and, you know, they're going to have the same mentality. But we all have an obligation to, to teach it and to do it the right way. Uh, to continue to foster our sport for for safety, but also uh, uh, the competitive nature that it is. Coach Dan Mullen joining us here. What is the biggest challenge facing our sport of college football over the next ten, fifteen years? Well, I think I think there there's a bunch, you know, that 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 are facing it. You know, I, I think one going to be the the attendance is going to be a big deal because of all the different media outlets that are out there in different ways to see it and i'm going to tell you though there's nothing like being in the stadium you know i mean that's that's nope. the i mean i'm on the sidelines and i'm just <laughs> in the stadium i mean there's just it's different you can watch it on tv and yeah. it's cool yeah but when you've experienced that there's nothing like being there i think that's a huge challenge i think the the safety within the game you know of you know but but i look and, and that's the one thing like people people attack the safety of football in the game of football uh, well, there's a lot of other sports out there that are much more dangerous. You know, they, they, we're not even the high, the concussion rates and that are higher in other sports than football, but football gets the attention. And, um, so I think it's going to be really important for us that as coaches and ambassadors of the game, that we are really being proactive and outside the box thinking of keeping the game safe and, and keeping it because, but a lot of the times, a lot of times things are coming from people that didn't play also. Yeah. You know, I mean, people say, hey, would you let your son play football? He's, that's not an option. You know, I mean, it isn't. I, I explain it this way to people, and this is, this is for me in life. Okay? When, you're, when he's going to be like a freshman in high school, and that time when you just, a little bit bigger, older kid, I mean, pop, I'm pop, and all of a sudden your chin strap's kind of unbuckled, there's snot coming out of your nose, <laughs> and your head's on sideways, right? You know, you're kind of like, Whoa. okay? You have a life decision to make at that moment. Am I calling mom and going home, or am I buckling up and going again? Okay? And I'm going to tell you what, that's a life lesson that um, I'll guarantee my son's going to have. I learned it. Buckle it up and go again. Mm -hmm. Because you know what? Life's going to punch you in the face a lot. Life's going to punch you right in the face. And at that point, I'm I'm done. Or are you buckling up and going again? And I, I think that's the greatest thing about the game of football. Those life lessons that it teaches you that I'm passionate about. And, um, you know, but we have to do a great job of being great ambassadors to the game and make sure everybody understands what that's about and, and understands the real values that come from being a football player. Coach Dan Mullen, the new head football coach of the Florida Gators. He, you heard it, Florida fans. He wants you to fill the swamp. Coach, always yeah, a pleasure. Thank I'm here. So I'm much. not draining the swamp. We're filling the swamp. <laughs> I love it. Keep it physical. Don't turn it into basketball and grass. This is a physical football game, and, you know, the SEC – yeah, is one of the best places you can play physical football. You still need to play defense to win championships. So that was Jimbo Fisher, of course, first, along with Mark Stoops, Dan Mullen, and, of course, Coach O at the end, the very, uh, the very recognizable voice of Coach O. And, and so I thought very interesting answers there. I think Mark Stoops and Jimbo Fisher sort of towing the company line about how player safety is incredibly important and they need to acknowledge that it's a – a very big issue, but that they need to solve the problem, find solutions to the player safety issue. And then you hear Dan Mullen sort of attack the issue very differently, also addressing other things, but very clearly focusing on 
the lesson you learned from the physicality and the toughness and are you going to go back after life? Are you going to go back after the game of football when you get hit in the mouth? I think that is a very old school Junction Boys way to view the game of football. It doesn't make him wrong. Um, and then Coach O, of course, just right to the point. I, I love the answer, which is totally opposite of every single thing you've heard. You've heard Tony Barnhart talk about the health uh, of the player safety as well. You've talked about, you heard Chris Childers talk about the CT, Dennis Dodd, Paul Meyerberg, people, a potentially player dying on the field. Um, both the players, Cole Kubelik and Chris Doring, mentioned concussions while then talking about other issues. And you have a coach like Ed Orgeron, who I don't believe is anti-player safety. That was not his intent in the answer to that question. But it, can, it comes across as an old football coach saying, we got to keep it physical. we gotta, we got to hit each other around and continue to do what we've done all along to make college football great. And I think the way most coaches think and feel, if you talk to them, they would answer the question the way Dan Mullen and Coach O answered it. Now, I think the politicians understand that right now college football is facing one of its biggest challenges is litigation. Some of that is financially based, and some of that is player safety based. I don't know the solution or the answer to the player safety problem long term. Are we going to run out of players? I would guess, without going too deep into, into politics here, I would guess that as long as there are underprivileged human beings in this country um, that, that, that can find a way out of poverty and set their families up for life with an education uh, in college football and, in, and subsequently potentially uh, professional you know, athletics, paychecks, whatever, uh, you're always going to have a workforce, so to speak, for college football. I think the question is for, for people like just regular old guys and, and men and women, parents who have children who are playing the game, as you heard Aaron Murray talk about this, will I let my child play the game? And what does that do um, to the workforce? And I think that is, if you listen to all these answers, I think there is clearly a, a focus on, on the attendance slash interest technology, how we consume the game. I think that is changing dramatically over the top, whether we're going to watch games on Twitter, whether we're going to watch games on, 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 on the iPads or whatever. I think that's a huge issue. And, and clearly watching the game at home is always going to be uh, a better experience. You get your big flat screen, um, you have your own bathroom, your own beer, you get to go to your own fridge, you get to, you know, all that good stuff, sit with your buddies, comfortable chair, all that good stuff. I think that's going to be a clear issue that everything, every sport, every walk of life in the entertainment and the media world is focused on and worried about. So I'm not sure that's a unique problem to college football. Uh, the financial situation is sort of very unique to college athletics, of course. How do we pay how do we get more support to our student athletes? I'm a big proponent for mandatory health care for every single athlete, even post-graduation uh, or post-leaving a university. I think they should be taken care of in a big way. I think that's a major problem. That's something I would really seriously look at and address as, as opposed to just paying them an extra 100 bucks in their pocket. Um, you know, Professional transitional help when they go from college to the pros or, or any professional job, whether it's you know, if you're going to be a nutritionist or a trainer or a coach or whatever, I think all of that is incredibly important. Um, so I think the financials are a huge one. But it very to me, after doing this exercise, I was going into it with my eyes open and my head up trying to see, like a good form tackle, trying to see what, what people would say. And it does feel like the number one issue, according to almost everybody, my takeaway from this exercise is that player safety and maintaining uh, the game of football is is clearly top of mind for everybody. Administrators, coaches, former players, media members. It is parents of every single child in this country. It is very clearly what they are focused on. And what I wanted to get out of this exercise was sort of what is the thing that we're all focused on? And that does seem to be the answer that everyone goes back to. Now, uh, would my wife let my children play football? I'm not sure. I know my parents wouldn't let me play until a certain age. I started at six. I, I started at sixth grade, excuse me, and I played from sixth grade all the way through the end of high school. 
I had a couple of small scholarship offers to play small school football. I decided against it. I was just going to, not for any health reasons, I just wanted to be a college student and go to a big state school and, and watch 100,000 people play because I was never going to play at that level. So my decision was never about safety. But I do remember the, the physicality and the violence of being a sixth grader and a puny sixth grader at that. And the game of football just physically, I was not ready for that in the state of Texas in sixth grade. And you heard Aaron Murray talk about that. So I think the technology advancements are very interesting and could be an interesting development as we continue to see sensors and helmets and high level, um, you know, the padding and, and all the things that, that we're studying now with digital readouts and impact measurements and all that stuff. I think that's a big step in the right direction. Obviously, uh, the youth level football t- tackling and form tackling and technique needs to be a big time priority. I think it already is. Um, practice limitations, I think, is going to continue to be an issue for college football, particularly the Division Two and Division Three level, where I think those are the kids that get the most, you know, they're the ones who are taking the most hits and getting nothing out of it as it pertains to all these, you know, five-star resorts and chefs and nutrition that you heard Greg Sankey talk about that are at the Power Five level. Well, that's not the case. It's Central Arkansas or Swanee or, or you know, these small schools. You're, you're not getting the same level of, of sort of, medical treatment, nutritional treatment, just sort of standard of living when you're, when you're going out there and having two-a-days and you're on a scout team for Central Arkansas and you're getting popped around. Um, we're not, they don't have the resources to take care of their student-athletes the way in Alabama or Nebraska or USC does. So I think that's a huge issue moving forward as well. I think one of the results of all of this that I've taken away from talking to a lot of athletes here at SEC Media Days this year is that I believe we're heading towards a no contact, no full tackling football until a certain age. My recommendation, if I was completely in charge, would be this needs to be about a ninth grade thing. You know, start of high school, you're allowed full tackling. Hockey in this in this country and in Canada, I think it's 12, 13 years old, you can start to hit and full checking. I, I think 14 years old is a perfectly fine time for people to start uh, uh, playing full contact football. Um, but again, it needs to still come along with the technology aspect, come along with the healthcare and college football, and come along with proper technique and form and coaching and, and all that other stuff. So I, th- I think it's very interesting exercise. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, you heard from a lot of different people, national media people, players, coaches, current administrators. Player safety clearly feels like the biggest issue facing college football over the next 10 to 15 to 20 years, and that could result in litigation. That could result in a reduced player pool. Let's hope it results in better player safety so that we take care of our athletes better. We take care of their their injuries. We take care of the technique. If we want to remove the face mask, folks, I might be okay with that too because rugby players tackle really, really well. So who who knows? Everything's on the table. Uh, It's going to be a really interesting story and subject to, to, to track. I wanted to do a deeper dive here in Atlanta at SEC Media Days instead of just Hey, what did coach so-and-so say at the podium? So I hope you guys enjoyed sort of a little bit of a deeper dive and different look at a certain particular topic from a lot of different people. I wanted to try something new, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you guys for listening. Mitch and I will be back very, very soon uh, to start talking college football again, some X's and O's. So without further ado, thank you for listening. My name is Braden Gall. Follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. This is the Athlon Sports Cover 2 Podcast.